0: I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me, and let's walk with Jesus. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening in again. I wanted to share something with you guys that was not Bible-related, and you probably don't care, but I just found out... um, in February, I'm in North Georgia, so I'm in zone 7B. Okay, I'm talking about gardening right now. Just tune out for a minute if you hate this stuff. Uh, but I just found out that in zone 7B, you can plant peas straight into the ground right now. Right now, you don't have to wait till April. You don't have to start some stuff inside and keep it. You can go outside and start your little garden with peas. Uh, you might not like peas, but I get excited anytime. Um, I can see something grow. It's just kind of a neat process, and I just like it. So I thought I would share that with you. And then also, if you have any fruit trees or trees you like, I think this is a good month to prune them. Maybe that was bad advice. I don't know, but I just pruned uh, one of my pear trees, and I plan to prune the other ones. Um, I know that one year that I did finally uh, prune my pear tree it made huge like baseball size like well softball size pears and they were awesome and i don't even like pears so um but the and the georgia agriculture website it will give you advice on how to prune trees and the advice that they give is basically you're trimming all the twigs and stuff off to where like if you were to throw a cat up in the tree it wouldn't hit any limbs i know that's a really weird um visual there but Uh, If you just think of it this way, like if you have the big trunk of the tree and then the main branches and then trim everything else off. So it looks like I murdered my tree. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It worked that one year. All right. That was two minutes of information you probably didn't want. But there you go. Okay, so I am still in Job and um, I've just been praying every day. I mean, usually, you know, I pray before I read the Bible and just ask God to show me. he wants me to see and to apply what he wants me to apply and um just to open my eyes um for his word and job like i said it's a tough book for me um to read because our sense of justice is kind of different we are not all knowing um but i know that i can trust god through all the things that he does and i know that he is just and righteous and um and merciful and kind and that he knows the best. So when I'm reading scriptures, I have to remember what is true about God. So I'm not going to accuse or think of God in a certain way that is contrary to what the Bible says that he is. If I'm saying, hey, I believe in, in God and Jesus and I believe the Bible to be true, then I need to make sure I land on what the Bible says God is, if that makes any sense. So all that to say, we're just kind of go over the some of the book of Job, not all of it. Um, And so in Job uh, chapter 2, 11 through 13, uh, we'll back up for a second. So you know that um, Satan is trying to accuse the brethren, so to speak. So he's saying, hey, you know, Job is not all that great. And God, you know, before he said that is like, Job, my servant, is awesome. Um, And Satan's like, well, you got a hedge of protection around him. So that's why he thinks you're awesome. If you remove that, he's going to curse you and die. And so God did allow Satan to come down and to um, persecute Job and allow him to go through tribulation. So he lost his children. He lost all of his, like, servants and you know, his farm, the animals, all these things. Right. And now he's at this point where he's got stuff going on with his body and his wife is like, just curse God and die. And Job is a man of integrity and he loves the Lord. And so he has not. Um, But three of his friends have now arrived on the scene uh, to comfort him and to counsel him. And so that's found in chapter 2 verses 11 through 13, it says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place Eliphaz the Timonite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Nahumathite. For they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spoke a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Uh, So it sounds right there that, you know, they took time out, and they came to visit him, and they mourned with him, and they didn't even speak. So it sounds like they have a heart for him, and that, you know, they are, uh, you know, his true friends. Um, However, (laughs) if you read... After that, starting in chapter four, um, they really start giving him bad advice and they start accusing him and criticizing him and being, you know, very harsh with him and condemning him because they're basically saying, you are in this position because you're doing something wrong. You're wicked. You have some kind of secret sin. That's why God's punishing you. You better repent. And I think it's something to evaluate our own hearts about. Because we can judge people's circumstances, we can speak out of turn without really seeking God about it and give bad fleshly advice from the devil, pretty much. And you might have all the best intentions, but that can really mess somebody up. Um, I do like, of course, what uh, Spurgeon said about this. He said, uh, they struck him talking about his friends with their hard words as if they were breaking stones in the roadside. We ought to be very careful what we say to those who are suffering affliction and trial for a word, though it seems to be a very little thing will often cut far more deeply and wound far more terribly than a razor would end quote. And so you might have that own experience with yourself. If somebody spoke a harsh word to you and something that you were going through and it wasn't A word of the Lord. It was maybe them judging your situation and giving you bad advice that wasn't led by the Holy Spirit. And it hurts you. And then, you know, there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is for every reason, but there's a lot of people who don't want to come to church and don't want to be involved with other Christian people. Because a lot of times we speak out of turn and we speak by our own worldly wisdom and in our own pride. And so we hurt other people in such unnecessary ways and cause more pain um, than is ever needed because we're speaking uh, on our own accord and not from the Holy Spirit. So we're saying things then contrary to what God would say if we're not seeking God first. Does that make sense? And so I think in a world (laughs) where there's so many words and there's so many ways to communicate, um, we throw around words really easily and um, carelessly. And so whether you're doing that audibly um, or if you're doing that over the internet or, you know, through text message or whatever, you know, ask yourself, have I sought the Lord in this? You know, am I looking at what the Bible has to say? I'm taking this uh, biblical counseling class right now. And it does take such a weight off of you to know that when you're helping comfort somebody or you're helping trying to provide guidance to someone that if you bring it to God's word and you bring it to God like all of that comes from there and so you don't have to have things figured out and you don't have to carry the burden like you're going to mess something up because you know you're bringing it to God and it's God's wisdom and it's God's um you know knowledge and all that kind of stuff that's going to help in that situation um So I think it's something good to think about. Uh, I did want to talk about, first though, before you decide to give somebody wisdom or guidance, you really have to examine your life. What kind of relationship do you have with the Lord? Are you living in sin? Um, Because that's going to be first and foremost uh, the first thing to deal with. And so if you read Matthew 7, one. Let's talk about that one verse for a minute. Judge not that ye be not judged. So we hear that a lot, and it's usually from the world quoting it, or from people who are not right with the Lord, like say they got saved, but they're not living in a right relationship with the God with God now. They're saying, Hey, you know what, you don't judge me. God says don't judge. But that's not what God's saying. He's saying If you're going to judge, you better be having the same standard for yourself because if you read it in context. So let's do that now, uh, starting in verse 2 through 5. For with that judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So at the end right there, it's saying like, hey, then you can cast out the moat out of your brother's eye, then judge, but don't have a big old plank in your eye, and you're judging the speck of dust in your brother's eye. That's really freaking ridiculous, you know? And how often do we that do that where we haven't got right with God, or we have some secret sins. And we're not seeking God's face and we're not really, you know, trying to be submissive to the Lord, but we're going to be quick to point out other people's stuff. And you're not going to, one, really be hearing from the Lord to point out other people's stuff to help them get right with the Lord because you ain't right with the Lord. Does that make sense? So you got to make sure that you are um, living under the authority of God and and his word before you're going to be able to see with his eyes and be led by his Holy Spirit to point out anything else and and we don't point out anything else in other people to make ourselves feel better. Like, "Uh, like you are not doing this right. And I feel awesome right now. Um, Our goal is to see everybody right with the Lord, you know, whether you're saved or not, you know, if you're not right with the Lord because you don't know Jesus as your savior, like I want to tell you about Jesus so that you can have a right relationship with the Lord and abundant life on earth and have, you know, eternal life in heaven and, like I want that for for people that don't know the Lord and for people who do know the Lord, but they're not right with God, and so maybe you got saved when you're young, but you're just in bondage to sin right now and you're living in sin and you're um not having that abundant life with the Lord because you're not living according to his plan and his will. Man, I want to help restore you to that. I mean, obviously it's the Holy Spirit that does that, but I want to be used of God to to help you have the best life ever. And that's going to be with the Lord and you know, he's worthy of that and your life will be better for that. And so that's the reason why you know, if anybody is talking about like, hey, um you know, do you know the Lord? Let me, let me share the gospel with you or, or, Hey, you know, I love you, but I I see that you're struggling with this. Like, let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me help you through this. Um, all for the reason of being right with the Lord and, and having rest restoration with the Lord, if that makes any sense. Um, and so again, examine your heart, see where you're at in your relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and your, um, standing with God, you know, are you living in sin? What do you need to repent of? Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? You know, are you not at peace with somebody and it's something in your realm of being able to have peace with that person? Uh, so that would be the first step. And then in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 through 26, let's just start with 23. It says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. So if you think about that, how many times do we get in arguments that really just are not profitable? They're not beneficial. They have nothing to do with anything. So if somebody wants to argue about what day to keep the Sabbath, uh, I mean, not to say I have not gotten arguments about that, but is that, you know, profitable? Does that help restore somebody's relationship to the Lord? Um, you know, I think that there's a time and a place for certain things, but you know when when questions are going to be leaning one way or the other. Um, and so just ask yourself, are these questions that's going to help that person get closer to the Lord? Or is somebody just looking to argue and just sidestep that, you know, don't. Don't go there because that's going to be a distraction to what's actually going to help that person get right with the Lord. And then uh, let's continue verses 24 through 26. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And so if we can help show people the Lord and show them, you know, where they're stuck at, like where they're being, you know, in bondage to sin. And and how do we help you, you know, get out of that? Um, and obviously, again, that's the Holy Spirit. I have no supernatural power um, and no awesome answers. It's the Bible that does. And so again, Uh, My biblical counseling class is all about those verses right there. And I think that is, you know, the heart of the heart of God, like he loves you and he wants you not to be a slave to sin and not to be because even if you have Jesus as your savior, you can still be in bondage to sin by your own doing, you know, and you don't have to. And if you're you know, you don't know Jesus as your savior, you have no choice but to be a bondage, um, a slave to sin. Uh, but you don't have to stay there. Jesus can be the one that sets you free and saves you from your sin and forgives you of that, and you can walk in the newness of him and renew your mind by his word and have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and, and walking in the Spirit, and it's a beautiful thing. It's not an easy thing because the world and your flesh is fighting with you oftentimes, but that's why we got to be here for each other, to help each other walk in this journey, um, to help each other Stand strong against the devil and um, against the world and just know that like our life is abundant and good because of God and because living according to his plan. He knows what's best for us. He designed us. Right. Um, And he's perfect. So his way is going to be perfect. But the big lie here is that, you know, the world and our own flesh is going to want the best for us and we're really going to have freedom and liberty being able to live according to however we want to but that is never the case because if you look at your own life maybe if you've lived that way um, or other people and I can you know speak for myself when I lived that way just however I wanted not having to think about God I just walked away from him for a while in my 20s my life was the most destructive ever not because I was trying to be like that it's just the way that sin is you know Uh, the wages of sin is death and sin begets more sin (laughs) and sin is opposite of god and if god is everything good and lovely and perfect then sin is everything opposite of that which is nothing good if you don't know what opposite of all that other stuff is so anyways i just thought maybe this would be a good um, topic to discuss especially nowadays where you know, humans anyways always want to give our two cents, but then you have um, all these forms of communication where we're constantly giving our opinions and our thoughts and our advice and counsel. Um, and it's good to, again, examine your heart to see if you're right with the Lord and then examine the Bible to see what God's Word has to say. Make sure when you talk to somebody and you... Um, offer guidance, or maybe they're asking you something, you didn't even, you know, seek anything out, that you really go to the Lord about it, because God's going to be the one that's able to give them victory, Um, and you got to be really careful with your words, because even if you don't mean to, your words can discourage them, your words can ensnare them with the devil, Um, your words can really cause a lot of harm if they're coming from your flesh. And so seek the word and seek God because King Solomon, he was the wisest king ever, but he was only wise because God gave him wisdom. And God says he will give wisdom liberally to anybody who asks of it. So all you have to do is ask God for his wisdom. He'll give it to you. You read his word and then you counsel others from God's word alone. And um, and then you will be able to um, help people have victory from God working through you, if that makes sense. All right. I'm going to add a old song to the Spotify podcast playlist. Um, I'll link the Spotify playlist in the notes. This is an old song by Matt Redmond, or at least this version sung by him, and it's Let My Words Be Few. And it says, uh, you are God in heaven, and here I am on earth. So I'll let my words be few. Jesus, I am so in love with you. And I'll stand in all of you. Yes, I'll stand in all of you and I'll let my words be for you. Jesus, I am so in love with you. All right, if y'all have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com and I'll talk to y'all next Monday.